0: The Focus Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy. This is the first time in, say, a month, maybe a month and a half, that our schedules have actually lined up on a day that we are supposed to be recording on. (laughs) Man, this is crazy.
1: And you know what, dude? We get to talk football because we go into this shit. What? We go
0: into this shit. What? Yeah, man. It's so crazy. And, And I saw this stat pop up. On uh, on the on the game or during the game on on Saturday, and it was the ESPN it was the FPI the win probability or whatever however mm-hmm. they decide to do it and and I, I couldn't quite remember the numbers but but you gave me the rundown right before we went on and and I think it is it's really important because I want to start off with my feelings after you give these numbers.
1: Okay, so with well, let's just go back all the way to the first. The first quarter, Oklahoma State up three nothing had a ninety point five percent chance of winning that game. Okay, that was that was with eleven thirty seven to go. right after the first uh, first field goal, we get the, we stop them, we get the ball back, and then from there it is a nosedive all the way to halftime, where BYU gets a ninety percent chance of winning the game because they're up by 18 up 24 to six and we look like doo-doo can't get the ball moving on offense anytime we do we figure out a way to turn it over yuck so then uh you know we can go into halftime we'd start doing a little bit better Rashad owens goes in there makes his plea does the I, i have to imagine it was somewhere near the william wallace you know freedom it was somewhere around there um that kind of that kind of speech and then we get to 13.54 13.54 left in the fourth quarter. ESPN, according to ESPN Analytics, BYU had a, they got back to having a 90% chance to win the game. we had kind of stalled out a few times, another turnover here and there. Uh, they give us a, they give BYU a 90% chance to win. And then with an 82%, I didn't tell you this one, an 82% chance to win the game, BYU was up 24-21, timeout OSU with 317 left in the game. And then we go and score, and we have a 93% chance, 93.7, so 94% chance of winning, up 27-24 to 24 with 53 seconds left. And we go to Prevent D, and what does it prevent you from doing, Zach? It prevents you from winning, Brian. It prevents you from winning. So, you go into overtime, BYU re, regains the, the for some reason, they had a 52.8% chance of winning after the first overtime. It gives a, a BYU the chance. And then with zero minutes left, after confirmation of the fumble, Oklahoma State had a 100% chance of winning.
0: So here's here's my thoughts on the game. Um, I stayed home. I did not cover it in person.
1: I did. I covered it for the podcast in person. I'm proud All of right.
0: you. I'm proud of you, man. Thanks, man. Um, I, you know, I I, I I do the pregame show for triple play. But, you know, I got a newborn. I don't really want to be around a ton of people right now. The RSV is through the roof. And, you know, he, he doesn't need to be sick, right? So I was like.
1: Pl- plenty of time for him to get his immune system up to work on it, you know. Exactly. Doesn't need to happen tonight it did, or then.
0: It, you know? it did not. And so I was right. like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tough it out. I'm going to stay away from people. I'm going to do my pregame show with Tom, and I'm going to go home. I'm going to book it to the car. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get warmed up. I'm going to dry off, and I'm going to watch this game. Because in my mind, and, and I think you can look at it on paper, you can talk to anybody else. BYU really had no chance at all to win this game. Oklahoma State on paper. Las
1: Las Vegas gave them no chance. 16-point underdogs.
0: Yeah, I mean, OSU on paper is a better team. Uh, On the field, they're a better team. You look at the ranked wins Oklahoma State's had. All they have to do is win, and they're in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, You look at what Iowa State did to BYU out in Provo. Uh, To me, and obviously it didn't happen, but to me going into that game, the OU game against BYU – kind of had that emotional drain, right? Mm -hmm, It was senior mm -hmm. day out in Provo. They were playing really well in the first half, and then it all kind of fell apart in the second, and you're thinking, okay, that might be it. But BYU with a chance to get bowl eligible, all right? And it's cold, it's rainy, and and you don't really know what's going to happen.
1: Which, by the way, that was significant not just because they could become bowl eligible. They had made a bowl 16 of the last 17 years.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot on the line, right? I mean, it it was an emotional game for them. And OSU takes the ball. They drive down, kick a field goal. That's a little disappointing. Come up with a stop. Defense or the offense gets the ball, drives down. Oh, man, here we go. Get a field goal. And you're thinking, damn, man, Mm -hmm. two drives and stalled out. And you have to settle for a field goal, which... Two made field goals is impressive, and yet Alex Hale was snubbed by the Lou Groza. We don't need to get into that. But going into halftime, I'll say this. Going into halftime, I had zero faith that Oklahoma State was going to win that game. I, I, was, I was like, damn, man, I, I can have my story written before the end of halftime. And all I'm going to have to do is adjust a thing or two there. I'm going to just plug some stats mm-hmm. in. And the baby threw up and then he got hungry and i had to change a diaper and lo and behold i didn't write a game story at halftime third quarter rolls around and osu boom 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 stops byu is impressive they drive down score a touchdown and at that moment i was like okay osu's going to win this game because it was such a it was such a turn i mean the emotions that osu had going into halftime versus the emotions that byu had going into halftime Totally totally opposite, right? BYU had every bit of momentum. I can't even imagine what it was like in the stadium. I mean, you could just on TV you could feel the air get sucked out of that place. Mm-hmm. You, you could feel the volatility. Well,
1: was, it was replaced by a lot of rain.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and you could you could feel how volatile it was, the fan base. I mean the students weren't there, so you didn't have a ton of juice. Um but it, it just, it felt horrible. And then you come out in the second half and OSU stops BYU and they score a touchdown. And, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to start writing this story.
1: Well, I, now hold, hold on. You come out of halftime, OSU kicks off and the very first thing that happens is Logan Ward kicks it out of bounds. Yeah. Right. So it was just kind of like that old, like, what did y'all, what did y'all learn? What did y'all learn in there? Yeah.
0: You know, that, so that sort of deal, I, even, even worse. And, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to go ahead and start writing this story. Um, and, And they start to come back and and so I I have my game story. OSU, you know, makes it to the Big Twelve Championship game. Here's the record. um, all this good stuff. And then Ollie scores and then Ollie scores and then Ollie scores and you're thinking, damn, okay. You know, I'm gonna I gotta I gotta put together a Big Twelve championship piece, I gotta put together my game piece, I gotta make sure I'm keeping track of all these stats with Ollie and then OSU scores with less than one minute left. And I'm thinking, okay, this game is over. It's over. Yeah, and all then, you got to do is kick field goal, and you're up by four. And, then, kick the point. and then BYU blocks the extra point. And in that split <sighs> second, I'm thinking, ah, crap. I'm going to have to rewrite my game story because <laughs> OSU is going to lose this game.
1: Undo, there's, undo, 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 yeah, undo.
0: Yeah, there's no way that OSU is going to stop BYU on this drive because you just kind of had that feel like, All right, there's the momentum. Yeah, OSU scored. There's only 47 seconds left. But at times, BYU has really picked apart this secondary. And I'll be damned if that didn't happen. Boom, 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 Mm -hmm. boom, boom. Field goal. Tie ball game. Overtime. Crap. Crap, crap, crap. (laughs) crap. But that was, at least from the house, I, I can't even begin. Again, I can't even begin to imagine what it was like in person. That was one of the most thrilling two overtimes, especially you know Ollie gets into the end zone twice. He finishes with five touchdowns, insane. And Trey Rucker, I, I mean, in the moment you're like, okay, Trey stripped the ball, recovered it. No, dude, there's no way his knee was there's no way his knee was off the ground. Forearm, helmet, hand, wrist. Yeah, I,
1: see, I thought the helmet was what was going to get us. I Same. thought the helmet was going to. Have gone down first,
0: and that right, that right there is the one example of playing until the very end of a play comes back mm-hmm. to bite you in the butt. Because that BYU tight end, that was impressive for him to try to get, you know, try to get as much yardage as he can, and for Trey Rucker to fight as long as he can. That replay, that ball got stripped, and I, I mean, I don't know if there was but yeah. an inch between the knee and the ground and it was like I think that was a I think that was a strip. I don't think his yep. knee was down and they showed another angle and I was like I looked at Andre and she's holding the baby and I was like that's a fumble. And she looked at me, <laughs> yeah. And she was like, "Really?" and I was like, "Watch." And I re I rewound and we pressed play and she was like, "Oh, his knee was off the ground. He was fighting too hard." And I was like, yeah, that's one of the cra- – like five touchdowns from Ollie. You have to battle back in one of the biggest – and I think it – I don't know in terms of statistics, but coming back from a win, you know, it's just like, you know, coming back against Houston, you gotta, you got to battle from way down. You know, yeah. Ollie gets five touchdowns. Trey Rucker with a strip fumble to end the game. I don't know if and, – and all of that culminates into playing in, – and this is what's crazy. I talked to Tom about this before the game. I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to call anybody's personal name or Twitter handle or, you know, Pokes report username or anything like that. But you go back to after South Alabama and we were hard on him too. I got a phone call because we were a little too critical of the team and rightfully so you struggled Mm -hmm. against Arizona state for what Arizona state was. You struggled. You got beat at home by a bad South Alabama team from what it turned out to be. That's horrible. That's a home game that you lost mm-hmm. to a bad opponent. We were very critical. However, I never expected the season to just be horrible. Um, you go, you fast forward a week, you figure out the quarterback, you could see the improvement, and then Kansas State, Kansas. You know, just boom, 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 and you you knock out multiple ranked wins. You beat Oklahoma at home. Uh, it, yeah, UCF, that was embarrassing. and And you struggled against Houston, but you battled back, and that was resiliency. And this is what's crazy is you had fans calling for coaches jobs in the middle of the season. First of all, Oklahoma state will never get rid of a head coach in the middle of the season. At least as long as Mike Gundy the head coach, it'll always be at the end of the season. I think that's just the way Chad Weiberg is going to work unless you go Oh, and six or Oh, and seven to start the year. And then it's like, Hey, listen for the good of the program, we need to move <laughs> and on.
1: He's, and he's probably being defiant in meetings. Like he's almost trying to get fired. Exactly. He's, that's Yeah. The the point of that comment is, ain't going to happen, people. it's,
0: It's not. And I looked at Tom and I said, this is what's crazy. Because this, I'm sure it was mentioned. But when you're talking about OSU going back to the Big 12 championship game, it's not the fact that they had the tiebreaker against Oklahoma or Kansas State. It's not the fact that OSU held its own destiny for the first time in a long while. Right? OSU had done what they needed to do in order to get themselves where they needed to be. They didn't have to rely on this team to lose and this team to lose and this team to win by X amount of points. I don't know if it really sunk in yet, but Oklahoma State is not just going back to the Big 12 championship game, Brian. They're going back to the Big 12 championship game for the second time in three seasons. And Mm -hmm. that's coming off of one of the worst seasons that Oklahoma State has had in the last 30 years. And it was still a winning season. You lost how many players to the transfer portal? There are two, two players that transferred that are even worth a damn at their other school. And one of them leads the nation, I'm fairly sure, in missed tackles and is on a really bad defense. And the other, Jabbar Muhammad is playing incredible, right? He's playing lights out for Washington. But everyone else didn't really make that big of an impact for their team. And if they did, they were on a bad team, and it made no difference whatsoever. You went out, and you had to promote freshmen and redshirt freshmen. You had to go into the transfer portal and bring in guys that you didn't really know if they were going to pan out, right? You had a quarterback that hadn't played in two years. You had a D3 wide receiver that you were going to have to redshirt just to put weight on him. Um, You lost a receiver due to a, a, a gambling scandal from last year. Uh, you lost, a, and there's an, you lost another receiver to a, a season-ending injury. Uh, I mean, a, a lot could have gone wrong. In fact, when you really look at last year, and from the outside in, I mean, Gundy's lost the locker room. He's lost the team. He's lost this. He's lost that. The coaches are 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 going to revolt and try to lose all these games. All he's going to transfer out after four games, and and you're you're going to see this mass exodus. And yet there's are going. Back to the Big 12 championship after one of the worst seasons and after one of the worst quote-unquote starts that we saw, you know, you struggle, you can't win, who's the quarterback going to be? I'm not saying that Oklahoma State's going to beat Texas. I'm not saying that they're not, right? But I I can't sit here and say if they're going to beat Texas or not. But this is a pretty damn good football team. This coaching staff is a pretty damn good staff. They know what they're doing. They've recruited well. But I think the most important thing, Brian, is they have developed well. And they continue to develop well.
1: So talking about this coaching staff, okay, I think it's been it's been around in 20, was it nineteen that uh that Gleason was the offensive coordinator? Yes. Okay, okay I think Casey Dunn's first year was 2020, COVID year. It was horrible start. Since <laughs> since 2020, and this is this is from the at Pokes Uni Watch is who is who posted this. Big 12 records since 2020. So this is only Big 12 conference play. Oklahoma State leads all Big 12 at 25 and 11. Yeah. Since since 2020. OU right behind them, Texas behind them. The team that we played, Baylor, in the 21 championship, has the second worst record ahead of Kansas, who's 9 and 26. But Baylor, 15 and 21. But yeah, OSU, 25 and 11. And Zach, that's three different defensive coordinators Mm -hmm. that's that's two years of jim knowles Derek mason and this year you know nardo so and and nardo was a prevent d he well really he was more of a make the extra point and they can't kick a 50 yard field goal to tie the game i don't remember what was it 40 48 so yeah 50 uh close to 50 yeah if if he if they don't drill that he gets him Another Jim Knowles second half shutout. I mean, that's the that's the only points that he let BYU score in the second half was a game tying field goal. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously at the worst possible time, but um, you know it's 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 impressive. And and the coming out of Houston last week, so you three weeks in a row you go UCF. What the heck was that? And then you know just that down feeling, and it started so bad at at UCF. I mean, we talked about it, I know, but um, really didn't get to talk about uh, the Houston game. Houston game started so bad, and then the BYU game started so bad. You know, and or or it finished that the half so bad where the second quarter you get you get outscored. uh, What is it? Seventeen to
0: to nothing. Seventeen
1: nothing. You're sitting yeah, there seven. thinking,
0: does OSU know that all they have to do is win and they're in a championship? What's going on here?
1: Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, and and BYU was playing like they were playing like the team who had nothing to lose, as yep. they should. Yeah. With with uh, the onside, with the uh, fake punt, and then you know, I'll I'll in my life, even if you sit down and explain it to me and show me on a board, I'll never figure out how in the world we came out of a timeout and go out there and somebody runs the wrong route and we throw a pick six to Eddie Heckard. You know, I was like, you guys just, weren't y'all all all standing around just talked about the the play you're about to run. Hey, you're running a hitch or stop or, you know, whatever they call that play or that route. And that's definitely what Bowman threw, but that is not what Bray ran. So, uh, but apparently that's what uh, Heckard ran. He knew what route was coming. So he just went the other way, but um yeah, even the guys on the on the broadcast were talking about. You know, I mean, gone back and listened to Hunsicker and Holcomb and and uh, and Robert Allen. By the way, I have to give massive props to to Robert Allen after the game. I mean, as they are saying, the fumble is confirmed. Like the next thing, Hunsicker just goes, "Send it down to Robert Allen." Yeah. Hey, I got Trey. I got Trey Rucker right, yeah. like the guy. He was there.
0: He was on. T- the- it was on TV. Like I'm yeah. watching the game, and it was like, oh, there's the fumble, and they show Trey Rucker like he's going to celebrate, and he's not <laughs> celebrating because Robert already has a microphone in his face, and I'm just like, That's right. all right, go Robert, look at you being the best sideline reporter in yeah. the Big Twelve.
1: Absolutely, he should win an award for that. Yeah, but you know, and it, it was a, it was a, I mean, it's it's a great win. It's it it's kind of for fans. It's kind of two wins in one night. You get the win versus BYU. It's right there in front of you, but then. Later on, after the game, you get on Twitter and it's another win because you've upset all your OU fans who thought at halftime that they were going to get to go to go play the Red River Rivalry again. Sorry, guys, y'all have to do something else this weekend. Like, I don't know, argue over who you're going to root for.
0: Man, I I thought Texas was OU's biggest rival, and I and And you know I didn't think they cared about OSU.
1: If you call, I would, I would think if you call somebody your little brother, that means they're family.
0: Yeah, you, so you should always root for your family.
1: Blood thicker than water. I would have thought that, man, we'd have a bunch of a bunch of uh, you know extra hanger or fans. But uh, well, and here's now, my they, thing about this. Hold on, if, they did say that the game is sold out officially. And they're doing standing standing room only tickets. There's going to be eighty five thousand. Yeah, lost at this game. So, It'd be
0: awesome. if OU had in fact made the Big 12 championship game because OU OSU couldn't come back in double yep. overtime or they didn't score or whatever, and OU's in the Big 12 championship game against Texas, you could pull every single Oklahoma State fan and ninety nine point eight percent of OSU fans are going to be wearing a little bit darker shade of orange because OSU, oh, yeah. OSU fans do not like OU. No. OU fans despise Texas. They hate Texas. So why why are they rooting for Texas? I thought, I thought a majority of, I mean, I don't know about you, but a majority of the OU fans I talk to, yeah, I always root for OSU when they're not playing OU, <laughs> especially when it's Texas. That was determined to be a lie.
1: I agree with you. That is a lie. I've, I mean I've I've never known some of my some of my best sooner fan friends to be liars. <laughs> but I mean it you know sort of is in the name. So Texas jumps out, they come out 14 and a half point favorites here. Yeah. So you reverse, do you reverse roles here is Oklahoma State playing with house money here. It sounds like uh, it's already sort of been decided that the Alamo Bowl really wants OU. So I haven't done the whole bowl, uh, you know, check down and and where could we go if we win, if we lose. I haven't done all that. But does OSU go into this game? And I say playing with house money because you're not supposed to win anyways. Mm-hmm. They're 11-1. and one. They're the number seven team in the nation. They're going to come in all slighted because even if they win, they don't have a chance to go into the college football playoff, which I think is junk because we've seen them We've seen the college football playoff people. All you need is basically Georgia to win, Michigan to win, uh, either Oregon or the winner of Oregon and and Washington's going to go in, and then you just need Florida State to lose, and you got chaos. Yeah, you know. So yeah. that's that's really all Texas needs. Texas doesn't need a bunch of teams to lose because then they're all jumbled at one loss. But um, Texas just needs really Florida State to lose, and then you got to think that either Washington or Oregon falls behind them. Ohio State's not gonna play. There's there you're at number seven. There's no way Florida State, let's just say they lose, they're not gonna stay in, especially not having uh Travis their quarterback. So yeah. Texas still has an outside shot. You have nothing to lose, Cowboys. Go for it all, man. Empty the playbook.
0: Yeah, and I I, I certainly think I mean I, I would agree, right? I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say that the the team feels that they can't win this game. Um because oh he- no.
1: In in the OSU Max after the game, you know, they did the uh they they did all the locker room videos and they did the Justin Wright high five and everybody coming off the field. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Really cool by the way. Oh yeah. Uh but they show um they show Preston Wilson talking to the rest of the offensive linemen. And dude, I mean, by the end of it, he's got the offensive linemen. After they just got done winning a game, he's got them fired up like strap the helmets on, let's go do it again.
0: Yeah i think that when you look at this team um obviously they have a chance right i mean they wouldn't they wouldn't be in this situation if they didn't have a chance um now, Texas is a good football team. there's no question they beat alabama you know they've the only loss they have is to oklahoma and they I think they have a a it's an outside chance but i I think that if they win on Saturday, I think that you're gonna try to i think you could see the committee. Especially if a team ahead of them loses, I could see the committee saying, you know what, let's, let's find a way to try to get them into the college football playoff, right? Mm-hmm. It's a blue blood brand. It's a brand that hasn't been relevant in more than a decade. Um, and they're finally rolling, right? They finally got it going. If you look at Oklahoma State, I mean, all you've heard so far is they don't, just, they don't deserve to be here. They haven't they earned it. They don't, you know, they don't belong. Oh, you should be in this. Oh, you got cheated. The refs in the Big 12 is out for them and yada, yada, yada. If I'm Oklahoma State, I'm thinking, listen, we struggled early, but we figured it out. We have who should win the Doak Walker Award. We have mm-hmm. someone that is one of the best football players in all of college football. You have a defense that's been pretty stout for most of the year, You have a quarterback that's figured it out. You have an offensive line that's playing really well that probably should be a little bit healthier by the time we get to Saturday, a receiver core. Leon Johnson has figured it out. Leon Johnson is an incredible receiver, and that's something that you and I talked about over the summer and back in the Mm -hmm. spring when he committed. I didn't know if we were going to get to see it. He is undersized, you know, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm cool with them red Let him. Let him bulk up, let him get it figured out, and we'll see him next year. And he was like, well, listen, Leon, you got to play. You know, you're the guy ahead of you is injured, and, and you've got to go out there and play. And all he did was go out there and show that he deserved to be at this level. And and I think he'll make a little bit of money because of it. Obviously, the coaching staff is going to try to do everything they possibly can to try to get him another year of eligibility. Same with Bowman, same with the other couple of guys on the roster. But they, I, I think you're right. I mean they have a chance to win it and they they certainly believe that they can win it but if you look at if you look at the entirety of it all and you look at the the national narrative which doesn't matter to them but you look at that you look at the loss to south alabama the loss to ucf you know no one believes they can win it you're playing for a championship why not go out there i mean you're not going to make the college football playoff that's a given you know you're you have a chance depending on you know if they go out there and beat texas you have a chance to play in a new year six that's the second New Year's Six in three years. If you look at the – and this is what I find funny and, and kind of ironic. All the, all the people that are, that are bitching and moaning and complaining about Oklahoma State's recruiting and the, the recruiting classes that they've signed, how many of these players have come in the last three years? Almost all of them have been mm-hmm. recruited into this program. Now, you have, you have transfers, there's no question, and the offensive line is old as hell. So you can't really talk about that. But you've got a couple of juniors on that defense that were Big 12 defensive players of the year. That's year three. You've got a couple of other redshirt freshmen and and true sophomores and redshirt sophomores on that roster, on the defense, that is balling out. You look at Ollie Gordon, who's a sophomore. Ollie Gordon, Oklahoma State fans months ago wrote him off that he's so good he's going to transfer out. And now all of a sudden he has a chance to be the you know named the best running back in the country, and he's a, he's a sophomore. You cannot two two championships in three years with a potential to go to th- two New Year's Six bowl games in three years. You've beat Oklahoma two times out of three years. You have a chance to beat Texas for a third time in three years in said Big Twelve championship game. All with players. That not all, but m- with a good chunk of players that are leading the Big 12 in their respective categories or among the top players at their position in the Big 12 that have been recruited and developed in the last three seasons. So which is it? Is it OSU and the coaching staff? They don't know how to recruit? Or is it they know what the hell they're doing and there's just been a couple of hiccups like most play- most programs have? it's either one or the other, Brian, right? I mean, it's crazy to me that the people are, are, are having this argument.
1: Well, and it's, it's interesting that we are having this type of success whenever you're looking at a coaching staff that has been together for so long, they know how, they, they know what kind of adjustments each other mm-hmm. are going to make. They know how to, they know how to approach a halftime. Now we've got to figure out how to approach a first half of the game here lately, but I think, you know, again, you've got a coaching staff that's gonna be committed to that this week. You you don't think that these guys are going in there on the whiteboard every single morning and trying to figure out the first 15 plays of the game to go get touchdowns? Absolutely. Absolutely they are.
0: And I'll and I'll give some credit, right? I mean, there have been some bad losses. I mean, I, I think a little bit can be true that OSU has recruited really well in the last three seasons. They have developed players really well in the last three seasons and if you look at the players that transferred out they weren't as important to the program and they certainly weren't important to the locker room mentality of the program because as soon as they're gone they brought these other players in you know Mike this might be a little bit of coach speak but it's hey this is the most fun I've had you know you look at the players you get Brennan and Ollie both Um, you know they're out at the The student ticket sale, they're dancing in the middle of the night and and everyone's having fun. I'm sure there's guys that are going to transfer. I'm sure there's guys that aren't going to be happy at the end of the year for this, that, or the other. But I think it can be said that, yes, they've recruited well. They've developed well. They've gone into the portal and done that well. Yes, they sucked up royally at UCF. Both of those can be true. Yes, they almost lost to Houston. They had a, a rough first half, and yes, they almost lost to BYU. They had a rough first half, but guess what? How many Big 12 losses do they have? How many wins do they have overall in the season? What are they ranked, and where are they going to play on Saturday? Jerry's World, Big 12 championship game, and they're up to number 18 in the college football playoff. They're, they're doing so, – it's not all a giant fluke. The The game of college football is too intricate and and too physical – to just leave everything up to chance. Oh, well, they've lucked into it, man. I don't know what the hell to say. They don't belong there. Give me a break. It might Uh, be cold outside, Brian. It might be dormant, but y'all need to go out inside and touch that brown grass.
1: (laughs) All right, I kind of want to jump a little bit real quick into the X's and O's before we have to hop out. This is a little bit of what I'll be interested to see early on who you know? It's it's going to be a chess match. I was talking to Robert and Tom earlier today. It's going to be a chess match. All you know, all four quarters. That's what their prediction is. Is this thing's going to the fourth quarter? It's not. Neither team is going to run away from the other. Um, what what I think will be interesting and, and what scares me is Texas's deep passing ability on offense with Worthy <laughs> versus what we have seen and if I'm what we've seen of Oklahoma State's pass defense. If I'm, I'm going to play the, like, if I'm Texas, if I'm OSU games here, if I'm Texas, I want to test. I want to test that early. Have you guys learned anything? Have these freshmen back there. Can, can Xavier worthy? Who's one of the fastest guys in the conference. Can he put a double move on somebody and there's a quick seven and then probably can he do it again? I, I'm probably hitting that at least a couple times, especially if it works, if it works early, The other thing is when we're on offense and Texas on defense, I'm going to be very interested to see how how deep are the safeties because we do not have a great deep passing game in the middle of the field. We will throw those 50-50 balls on the side that Gundy calls 50-50, the little fade routes, the little, you know, just chunk it up there, let, uh, let Rashad Owens or Leon Johnson go out jump them for it, which we have been successful at we throw an okay intermediate game over the middle. But if those safeties are up within 20 yards and we're still trying to run Ollie and do the quick passing game, I think we play right into their hands, right into their hands. And then we, I mean, we know what their defensive line is like. They can, they can get after you. They got that big boy uh, right there in the middle that, uh, that was disrupting tech all night long. I mean, he was in the backfield more than the running backs were if they, I would, I would love to see uh, a few max protect play, you know, play actions, the old Tatum bell, uh, Josh fields, drop back, throw it over the top to Rashawn woods, those type of plays to back those safeties up because I I don't think, I think Texas is too fast for us to out Brennan Presley them all game long. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, for sure yeah and and that's and that's the thing i mean it 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 all really comes down to can OSU, and and i mean i it's so i think when you look at the success that they've had they if you go back to Kansas state, there was a little bit of trickeration right i mean obviously they you had the couple of reverses and a couple of they had a flea flicker in the season and uh, there's been a fake punt here and there, and th- there's been moments where it's, wow, okay, that that's not something that we're used to seeing. And and Texas is a good ball club. There's no question. They're they're ranked the way they are. They've won this many games. And and I I told Tom on Saturday, yeah, I've I've had to eat some crow because this is a, a legitimate Texas team. This is a a very good football team. But the games that OSU has won, it, they d- didn't have to do way too much. You know, they didn't go overly simplified. You know, there's things that Oklahoma State can do, and there's, like you said, there's things they can't do. But if you go back and you look at the big, you look at Oklahoma, they stuck to what they needed to do. They stuck to their bread and butter for Kansas and Kansas State. They they rallied back and relied upon their leadership and seniority and the talent of certain position players to come back and beat Houston and to beat BYU I'm not saying that you can do that exact same thing and you're going to go out there and you're going to upset Texas and Arlington. But I think if you just continue to do what you do, you know, you can go out there and and you can have some trick plays, you know, that that no one's expecting. Obviously, you need to pick the right time to do it because if Texas Mm -hmm. is, you know, if if they're lined up and they've got seven in the box and you're going to try to do a double reverse flea flicker down the field, I mean... It's probably going to get swallowed up pretty quick, and it's, it's, the momentum is going to switch pretty quickly. But don't try to oversimplify it, and don't try to overcomplicate it. The success that they have had this year has been because they've relied upon their strengths, and they know what their weaknesses is, and they've done a pretty good job overall of not getting exploited on that. And I, that, that right there is, is going to give them the best chance.
1: Here's what's interesting. I was just looking up on the Big 12 website. Since conference play started, so what I wanted to know was, what has this offense been? If we take away those three first games where you had three rotating quarterbacks, if you just look at when we have one solid quarterback in there, mm-hmm. by, by average of yards per game, we are the third best in the conference. Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State. We are, move, we are moving the ball. We've scored 33 touchdowns. Texas has scored 32 in conference play. Our offenses are very similar. Uh, they they rush the ball as a team a little bit better than we do. We've got the better, healthy running back. If yep. they had Brooks, I think, you know, you're, you're, you're in deep trouble because he's really good. But with Ollie, the one thing that I noticed during the game the other night, and I think we have to do this, we've, we've got to mix up where – the handoffs are going where are they outside the tackles are they up the middle it felt like in that second half and Robert even said it on the on the game broadcast he was talking about man they are loading the box with eight and we're still running right into the teeth Mm -hmm. of it that kind of stuff has to be I think I I, I think audible out of I mean Bowman's an older older quarterback you can you can signal from the sideline to change plans or change plays and he can get it to, to the guys so I think that uh, I th- I think that if we can mix the run inside outside keep them guessing it's not just always over Preston Wilson it's not just always up the middle I think we we you have a shot to you just have to get them on their on their toes because Texas is in conference play the number one defense by yardage by touchdowns by every measurable they are the best uh, even by yards per play they are the best defense in the conference you're gonna have to Show them something that that isn't on tape.
0: Yeah, no question. You know, I mean, it's going to be a good game. I think, I think Oklahoma State is is playing some really good ball right now. Obviously, Saturday against BYU is there emotion involved? Is it hey we started off we started off sluggish against Houston? Here we go again. Got inside their own heads, whatever it might be. But uh, Alan Bowman, uh, when you look at everything that he's had to battle through during his career, and he's playing in a championship. Ollie Gordon has a chance to be named the number one back in the country here in a few weeks. You look at the way the defense has played recently, you look at the way the offensive line, the receivers have played, I think that they're a confident team. I don't think they're overly cocky and and I think they're I think they're going into this pretty level-headed considering all the the leadership and and experience on this team. Obviously, Texas is a very good football team. I think that this has all the makings of being a classic one of the, you know, one of maybe not all-time because there's been some pretty incredible games played in in Big 12 title games before. But I, I think if Oklahoma State does what they need to do and they they play the way we all know they can play, and Texas does as well, I think this has a chance of being a really, really good game. Um, I don't I don't know I don't know if I'm going to give a score prediction just because I I really have no idea the way this game could go. Right? I mean, Texas is really good. Oklahoma State has played really well at times. Uh, I think that they're a good football team. I think they have talent on this team. And, and obviously Texas does as well. And it's one of those, like, I don't, I can't really predict, you know, I, I think it, I don't, but I also don't think it's going to be a blowout. I, one way or the other, I don't, Do I don't you know what
1: happened at the end of regulation for the fifth time this year at the BYU game. No, we've Oklahoma state finished regulation with 27 points.
0: There you go. <laughs> so, so what you're saying to, is 27 points. Predict.
1: I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict OSU wins twenty-seven to twenty-four.
0: There you go. I think that's uh, just about as good as good a pick as anyone could ever ask for, Brian. I'll well, tell let's you that
1: uh, all right. Let's let's go around the Big Twelve. Uh, oh, never mind. We're oh, the only ones playing. Just man, to, just what in get the get world? Oh, it's Get out of here. Go change a diaper. Go do do what you got to do. I
0: got to go feed. I got to go change a diaper and feed a baby and post the podcast and do a basketball story. And, and, uh, Mm, busy man. I got a lot. Busy man. I got a lot to do before I go lay down and not sleep well.
1: After, you know, next week, next week, we'll hit on where we're going. You know, this game, obviously, we'll probably, I don't know that we'll hit on it quick because it'll probably be a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll, we'll hit on this game, we'll hit on the bowl destination, bowl uh you know who we're playing where we're playing and we have got to talk some basketball man hopefully it's coming off because we haven't talked basketball hardly at all. Um hopefully it's coming off a win versus Creighton. Yeah That's we're gonna, gonna we're gonna talk we about pack the house. we're we gonna talk pack about reality. how
0: uh how, how John Walker decided to enter the transfer portal in the middle of the season and then has the and then has the audacity to show up to Gallagher Iba here for the Creighton game with the team he transferred to. John asking for a, asking for a media pass. He's asking for a whooping is what he's doing. Yeah, he is. Don't let him
1: up on media row up there uh, just, Spart- uh, somewhere else,
0: sir. We'll Spartan kick him right back down and he can go watch it in the media room.
1: <laughs> nice. Love it.
0: Or the trader room,
1: the trader. No, room. I got to tell
0: you though. I, uh, I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but I could not be happier or more. And I don't want this to sound condescending, but I couldn't be happier or more proud. Of John Walker, I think that him him getting this job up at Creighton, the Omaha World Herald, I think is incredible. I think John is one of the better writers in this region. I think he's going to do huge things. Uh, and uh, I, I'll tell you this: I'm going to learn more about Creighton basketball in the next couple of months than I thought I ever would. So, uh, but that's no gonna... doubt.
1: No, he he has been a lot of fun to talk to, and I've I've had I miss very him. yeah I I've I've, him. Had limited, <laughs> I've had limited I've had limited limited interactions with him, but I've enjoyed every one of them. That I have, and and he, and he, uh, was also one of the nine and threes, I believe. That's right. Uh, You were you were ten and two. He and I were nine and three to start the year.
0: Yeah, man, UCF they whoop my ass. (laughs) But I but but but, uh, real quick, I I just got to text my wife, so I got to get off here. But if I if I remember correctly, what I said was, if OSU loses to Oklahoma, they'll go down and dump the brakes off of UCF. If OSU beats Oklahoma, there yep. is a really good chance that they're gonna lose to UCF. That's a trap game, it's a space game, it's gonna be bad, bad, bad. And I'll be damned and if Oklahoma State didn't beat bad, Oklahoma bad, and bad. go down there and just play the worst game. Oh my gosh, it was embarrassing. But uh yeah, we were we were close. We were pretty I should have I should have given some money to to John Walker and had him go and bet uh wherever he p- places his bets. Uh, because I, I would have, I would have hammered the over and made a little bit of money, but uh, such is life. But that's going to do it for the Pokes Report podcast. We're going to get out of here. Uh, we got Brian Murphy. I'm Zach Lancaster. We'll talk to you next time after a Big Twelve Championship game. We'll be talking Bold Destination right here on PokesReport.com.